You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green-Smith, episode 448. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP448. Oh, well, hey there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing, or your partner asks what's bothering you, and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, audience. Amy here, and I am thrilled to be bringing you part two of our Boundary Deep Dive. And as you may know, I like to do little series on the show. And right now we are in a Boundaries series. Last week we kicked it off and discussed how to even find out what boundaries you need to set. Like what is that even? And how do I know what to do? So there's tons of journal prompts. You'll definitely want to check that out. And these two episodes really do need to be in succession. So I would I would highly suggest that if you haven't listened to part one, please listen to that first. I think it'll make today feel a lot more on track and make a lot more sense. So we talked about last week how I have a three-part system on establishing boundaries. It's one of the major elements of my keynote speeches. It's something that I talk about a lot with my clients and students. And we oftentimes will fashion these three steps into a formula that will work really well for their specific issue. So I'm hoping by elaborating on that today and last week, obviously, it'll give you a bit of a blueprint to help you have some of these more difficult conversations. You may remember from last week that the three-step process is decide, deliver, enforce. And there's a bunch of components to each of those parts of the steps. Last week, we covered off the decide element. So you'll want to go back and listen to that so you can have more more insight into that component. But today, we're going to be talking about the delivery and the enforcement. Decide, deliver, enforce. We're going to start off by talking about the delivery, what it actually means to deliver a boundary. So the first thing that I want to say about this is write it down. Write down the stuff you want to say. Last week, we were talking about getting really, really specific. That's a piece of the the decide step of the process, getting really clear on exactly what it is that you are going to be asking for or what your grievances, the remedy that you want from the other person or group of people. But I think one of the things that can be so advantageous in going into a conversation 
is actually writing down what you want to say. So sometimes what I'll tell my students to do is write in the in like divide your paper up into two columns and on the left hand side write out all of the things that you want to say and then in the right hand column write all of the things you want to remember like breathe and go slow and remain calm and don't take the bait and a bunch of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So I think one of the ways that you can go into a conversation and actually have notes is to and if you feel kind of silly about that, I know some people will say like, "Oh, I feel so stupid that I have to like write stuff down and whatever." One of the easiest ways to get around that is to just say, "Hey, you know what? This conversation really meant a lot to me and you mean a lot to me and I wanted to get it right." So I jotted down some stuff because I I didn't want to take anything out on you. Because a lot of times we get derailed and that's when things get heated up and then we start yelling and screaming and then all of a sudden it's completely off the rails and nothing is productive and you're not remedying anything that you need to remedy in this situation. Okay, so you are going to write things down ahead of time and then you're going to actually rehearse them. And I know that's going to feel silly and that's going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it's probably going to be the thing you resist doing the most, but it is by and large the most pivotal factor that can ensure your success. A lot of times people will go, how can you think up these things? Like, how do you always know what to say? And I'm like, because I am constantly talking about it. I'm constantly using examples with clients, with students, in keynotes, with every single interview that I do, I'm constantly rehearsing and saying those lines over and over again so that they come naturally. It's like the natural thing that wants to come out of my mouth. But that was not always the case. In fact, years ago, I can remember having some difficult conversations with friends of mine, and it was clunky as fuck. And one of the reasons why I was able to establish an order or a rubric, sort of a a way in which you can measure your success in your conversations is because I fucked them up for so long. (laughs) And then I thought, okay, what's the opposite? If I don't want to be yelling and screaming, what do I need to do? Oh, okay, I need to remain calm. If I don't want to get sucked into them constantly making it about them or changing the subject, what do I need to do about that? I need to not take the bait. I need to keep coming back to what the conversation is actually about. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as well. Okay, we're writing things down. We're going to rehearse them. Then we're going to deliver the request for what you need during the conversation. And we talked about this last week. So a lot of times the request that you have just for the conversation is something like, I would really appreciate it if you could just hear me out. Let me get through all of this. And then I'm happy to hear your side of the story or I'm happy to bounce this around a little bit with you. The reason why that's so important is a lot of times people will feel defensive and they'll just want to jump right in and say, well, I wouldn't, well, 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 I wouldn't do that if you didn't do this or any number of excuses wanting to defend themselves. And there's ways to mitigate that, which brings me to the next point, which is, to use a soft startup. This is a concept that John Gottman talks about a lot. It's used often in psychology. And it really is about going into the conversation with the energy that you want coming back at you. So if you go in there like 
kind of guns blazing, ready to do battle, you're likely going to elicit the same kind of response from that other person. If you're defensive and kind of rude and biting, it's likely they're going to be that way too. But your best chance, you obviously cannot control other people, but your best chance at them being receptive is if you embody the energy you want to extract from them, that you want to have mirrored in them. So you start off with a soft startup. And that can look a couple of ways. One is to just express gratitude, to just quite simply say, hey, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with me about this. That could be a coworker, that could be a best friend, that could be family member, whoever. But just saying like calling it out and just saying, hey, I know this is awkward and uncomfortable and I just really appreciate you meeting with me, you know, or even saying something appreciative about the relationship. And that could be as simple as, you know, I feel like every time I bring something to you, you really pay attention and you really hear me. And that means the world to me. So thank you for being willing to have this conversation. Or I really admire you so much or I am I value our friendship our, our relationship so much and it means a lot to me that you're willing to sit through some you know an uncomfortable discussion so thank you another way you can softly start up is just by simply owning your shit and that could actually be some legitimate things you fucked up on like where you did lie or you did do something that was uncouth or unacceptable But sometimes the thing that you can own that's the most powerful is just the fact that you have not said anything up until now. And the way that might sound is to say, hey, listen, there's been some stuff that's been really getting to me. It's been really bothering me. And I realize that you would have no idea because I have not said a word. And that is wildly unfair to you. So I realized that I really needed to own that and just be really genuinely open and honest with you. So that's how that might sound, just to own your shit. You don't necessarily have to say, it's okay all the shit that you've been doing, or I'm okay with how you've been treating me or the things that you've been doing. You don't have to say that. You don't have to apologize for things that you don't think you've really done wrong. But most of the time, the thing that you do need to own is the fact that you haven't spoken up until now. So keep that in mind. We are going to start off very softly using gratitude or owning your own shit, owning your peace in the matter. And then you're going to deliver very softly your request for what you need in the conversation. I'd really appreciate it if you just heard me out. Now. A lot of times you're going to have interruptions, and I want to dig into this a little bit deeper. As you start expressing grievances or things that you're frustrated with or remedies that you would like to have in this dynamic, a lot of times the other person, especially if they are not very uh, emotionally savvy or used to having deep, tough conversations, they will go into all of the reasons why they do that behavior. They'll want to justify it or they'll want to turn the tables and say, well, you do this and you do that. 
I like to call that the bait. Where And they don't mean to do it, but they're baiting you into changing the subject. I don't think it's intentional. I, I genuinely think it comes from a place most of the time, not always, but most of the time from just wanting to take care of themselves, feeling like, oh shit, I've done something wrong. How am I going to defend myself? And again, this is all on a subconscious level. Okay, let me just make them wrong or let me let me twist the story a little bit. And that can be really, really easy to get derailed. So here's what you say in those situations. I am super happy to address that. I'd like us to really stay focused on what I'm talking about here. Please let me get through the rest of it. You're underlining again that initial boundary of what you need for the conversation. I'd appreciate it if you just let me finish, let me get through this, and then I'm happy to talk about anything else that has come up. They interrupt again. They say say something again. Again, I'm happy to hear your perspective. My humble request is that you let me get this out in completion, and then I'm happy to hear your side. And, and sometimes it's as simple as just keeping saying, you know what, please just let me finish. Please just let me finish. Please just let me finish. Softly, calmly, again, with the energy you want to elicit from the other person. Softly, calmly, delivering your then very specific request or the boundary. So sometimes it's going to be something that you are asking for. It might be, I really need us to do something to move our relationship forward. I would appreciate if you would consider therapy. It seems like we keep going around and round and we're not getting anywhere. I'm sure that's really frustrating for you. I know it's frustrating for me. I would really appreciate it if you would consider a third party to help us through these issues, right? That's a very, very specific request. Now, sometimes you're well beyond that. You've had tons of conversations and it's not really a request. It's more of a demand or an ultimatum. And I really want to say, please avoid going to that place unless you've had multiple conversations about it in a soft, calm manner and you both are just not on the same page. I'll give you an example of this. Let's say you have an adult child who is living in your home and they are wildly disrespectful and not contributing in a way that you need them to and perhaps are even verbally abusive. It, you know, it could be any number of things and you are delivering the boundary that they need to move out. So that might not be a request like, hey, here's what I need from you or here's what I'm asking. It might be a telling. So for that reason, for the number of reasons that we've discussed, your last day living here will be December 31st. Please make arrangements to make sure that all of your things are out by that time. You can choose to deliver the ultimatum or the consequence at that point if you want to. You don't have to. So if you wanted to, you could say that I have lined up some insurance to make sure that this does happen, but I would really hope that that doesn't come to that. And let's just assume that we're not going to even need that, right? So because what you don't want is somebody who's super volatile to get incredibly defensive, and and 
potentially abusive. And that's one caveat that I'll throw in here. A lot of times when I'm talking with my clients or students about how to have these deep kind of boundary conversations, it really, really depends on the nature of the relationship. So if there is any type of verbal abuse, if there's a shit ton of name calling, if you are at all afraid of your physical safety, my advice to you would be so radically different. I'm assuming that as I'm giving you these, this tactic and the this system, that you're engaging with folks who aren't vitriolic and going to scream and yell and be verbally or physically abusive. That's a very, very different skill set. <laughs> and your, your priority is always, always, always going to be to take care of yourself, not to get your point across. So if we're dealing with rational, level-headed, for the most part, emotionally evolved humans, we can have a deep, thoughtful conversation with somebody. They might not be happy. They might get upset. But I would hope a majority of the time we're not worried about our physical danger or somebody casting and hurling insult after insult. If that happens where there's an extreme amount of name-calling or insults or they're not even respecting that you want to have a thoughtful conversation, they're not even letting you hear you out, then you shut that shit down. You say, you know what, I would really love to continue this conversation, but you cannot speak to me like that. You are allowed to be upset, but you are not allowed to call me names. For that reason, I'm going to hang up the phone. Or for that reason, I'm going to politely excuse myself. Or because of that, I'm going to be leaving right now. We can pick this up at another time, but I will not speak to you when you are behaving in that manner. That's when you kind of have to pull out the assertive, I'm shutting this shit down. Because now you're not on an equal playing field. You're not with somebody else who's really genuinely able to listen. Now they're in in a much more detrimental state. So I wanted to make sure I threw a little caveat like that out into the space because all conversations are definitely not created equal. And one of the things that I see that, that happens And it's disproportionately for women who are in heterosexual relationships. They think that I just need to learn the proper way to communicate. And then magically this abusive partner of mine will no longer be abusive. And it doesn't matter how many communication skills, tactics, tools, or whatever you have up your sleeve that will not change an abusive person. Okay, so the last thing that I want is for people to be out there listening, going, oh, all I need to do is this when we're dealing with a a very different type of individual. Okay, so I just want you to be really honest with the type of person that you are dealing with. Okay, if you find yourself, I'll just say this, if you find yourself physically overtaken by fear around having the conversation like out of body, then it's probably likely that that person is not super safe to have a deep conversation with. And again, that's kind of a blanket statement. There's lots of, you know, nuance there, but that's one little place to check in. Okay, so we're going to be softly starting up. We're going to own our shit. We're going to deliver the specific request or boundary. Again, sometimes it's going to be like the hard and fast, you need to move out by this date. And then sometimes it's going to be an actual request of, I would really appreciate it if you only, let's say it's a boss, only checked in with me maybe on Fridays. Could we develop a different system so that 
I'm not constantly interrupted all throughout the week? Could we do, you know, you're posing a solution, but you're asking for a very specific request. So you're saying instead of contacting me every single day to check in on work, could we do an end of the week check in? What would you think about something like that where we could really be so much more productive. So that would be a request because you're actually looking for some sort of collaborative conversation with that other person and you're open to it versus the situation like having a child, you know, adult child move out of the house or another roommate, doesn't matter who it is, and saying, I need to let you know that this will be the last date or this is what's going to happen. It could be with parents where they, you know, uh, fortunately for Mr. Smith and I are, are All of our parents have been pretty respectful around this. They didn't believe us (laughs) that we didn't want kids, but they've been pretty respectful about it. So we actually had to have the tough conversation boundary of, hey, we aren't interested in having children. We don't want them. So we need you to know that that's not going to be a reality for our life. We're not really requesting anything. We're just telling this is how it is. And that's just going to depend on what's happening in that particular relationship. Okay. So we've written things out. We've rehearsed ahead of time. We are delivering the request of what we actually need for the conversation. We're softly starting with some gratitude or owning our piece in the matter, we're going to deliver the very specific request or statement, the information. That could also be I'm moving out, right? Like it could be or I'm moving to another country or, you know, anything where you think the other person might not receive it well, but it's not up for negotiation. You're going to be very specific. And you can also use analogies or metaphors for similar situations that that other person has gone through that could possibly make them relate to what you are saying. So for example, let's say I'm telling my family that I've decided to move to Italy. And they're probably not going to be happy about that. They're going to think that it's a bad decision or whatever. And maybe I can relate that back to a time when my mom went to nursing school, but her dad really wanted her to be a part of the family business. So even though she knew that's what he wanted, she decided to follow her passion and what she wanted for herself and chose nursing school. So if I can parallel a very similar situation where they may have been in my shoes, that's a great way to foster understanding. So I could say, hey, mom, remember remember when you wanted to go to nursing school and grandpa really wanted you to go in the family business and how you really had to follow your heart? I feel like that's what's happening here for me. I know that it's not ideal for the rest of the family who's going to be stateside. I know I need to do this. So you're delivering that boundary. And then the request is probably going to be around how they treat you about that decision. So it's going to be something like, I would really appreciate it if you didn't make snide comments or say things like, oh, you're just throwing the family under the bus or you don't care about being being around us anymore. I could really use your support. And the support looks like this. That's the specifics. Please don't make snide comments such as, I would appreciate it if when I brought this up, you didn't roll your eyes. 
if you can't say anything kind about it or you can't support it, I understand that. But I would appreciate it if you if we had some sort of phrase that you said, I'm happy for you or I respect that that's your choice, right? Like it's very, very clear. Here is what I'm asking for, okay? And using those analogies or those metaphors where they can go, oh, I do remember being in that same boat. I remember how I felt when my family didn't support me. And that can help them go to have that empathy, to tap into that empathetic piece. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday and if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. 
and it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but staying calm with both your physicality, also your the rhythm of your voice, we know that such a small percentage of our communication comes from our actual verbal statements. A majority of it, like 90 plus percent of our communication comes from our body language and our tone of voice. So if you are trying to tell somebody, I'm, you know, I'm super open to hearing your perspective, but you say it like, well, I'm super open to hearing your perspective. <laughs> they are likely not going to believe that you're super open. Or if you're staring at them with like one eyebrow up and kind of your arms folded and you're, you've got a real stoic look, like just blank look on your face, that is probably going to elicit the same sort of response from them. So keep in mind, am I speaking in a way, am I embodied in a way that is open and empathetic and available and kind, whatever you're trying to glean from the other person. Now, in some situations, that's not safe, right? So we don't do that, (laughs) which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. But given that we're in a safe, collaborative conversation, being as open and as empathetic and kind and soft as possible usually yields the best results, even if you don't feel like that person deserves it, even if they've never been able to communicate that way with you. And I've had situations like this with family members where my approach was really the only thing that changed. Me approaching this family member really softly and just saying, Hey, I I love you and I really want us to be able to get through this issue. And and just having that that tone of voice immediately set them at ease. And they showed up in a different way. Again, cannot guarantee it, but you are far more likely to get that if you embody it yourself. A couple of ways you can do this is just to remind yourself to breathe. Just breathe before you make a statement so that you can formulate exactly what you want to say and speak slowly. A lot of times the things that we regret saying the most are the things that tumble out faster than we can think. Go slowly, take deep breaths, and stay calm. Now, if you cannot stay calm, and we mentioned this a little bit last week, if things are getting really heated or elevated, escalated, then you might say, listen, I feel like tensions are really high. Why don't we revisit this? Or this has really kind of gone in a different direction. I don't think this is helpful for either one of us. 
let's take a time out or let's let's talk about this maybe tomorrow. Let's sleep on it and talk about it tomorrow. I want to speak to you with respect and I really want to be spoken to with respect. Any number of things like that can be really helpful in pausing. If you're super pissed and you you've got it's it's gone completely off the rails, you can just say time out. Time out. I cannot keep talking like this. This is not good for anybody. Time out. I'm going to go get some air and we will revisit this. But I can't. I've had that even with Mr. Smith in our early days. I would just go, I cannot even look at you. I am so mad at you. I could spit nails. I need a break. I need to not be around you. (laughs) And we learned to be really respectful of that heightened emotional state. Because there were times where we spoke to each other in that place. Granted, that was like 25 years ago. And we got through that pretty quickly. But in that first handful of years, we had to really learn, oh, nothing productive happens in that time frame (laughs) when we're super emotionally heated. Okay. And then finally, we talked about this a little bit last week as well. Internally, really deciding on how many times you're willing to repeat this particular boundary before you institute a repercussion or a consequence. For example, if you have set up a boundary with a a roommate or a, a child or anybody saying you need to be out of the house this date, how many times are you going to move the date? How many times are you going to move the date before you actually hire movers yourself and have them moved out or before you actually call the cops or the authorities. You want to be thinking about how how many times am I willing to restate this? Now, obviously, some situations are far more sharp and acute and important, and some have a little bit more wiggle room. And so you might be more willing to be lenient with somebody who is really trying and maybe get it wrong. Uh, An example of that might be if you are non-binary or trans and you have pronouns that your family's getting used to and you are willing to work with them until that becomes their new norm. And maybe the boundary that you have with them is, my request is that you allow me to correct you or continue to say she, her, or he, him, or she, they, or whatever, over and over until they get it, right? So that that one might be a little bit more lenient. If it's a family member who scoffs at you and deliberately calls you by your dead name or something like that where it's clear there's no disrespect, then that might be more of a, you know what, I'm not willing to continue this relationship until you respect the way I, de- I identify. And then it becomes the consequence is immediate, But every situation is going to be different. So start thinking about that. What is the decision, the enforcement that I'm willing to put in? Because here's the thing, you guys. If you just keep speaking up, but you don't ever enforce it, which is the next major chunk that we're going to talk about, then you're just speaking up for the fuck of it. And here, here's the deal. I don't think people really, again, do this really maliciously or acrimoniously. But if you've been in a really tenured relationship with somebody, whether it's in the workplace, friendships, family, whatever, and they have been used to you behaving a specific way for 10, 15, 20, fucking 45 years, 
then they might not know if you really mean it. They might be like, oh, Amy just went to this conference and got a bug up her ass and now is establishing all these boundaries, but she'll, it'll be over in two weeks. They might not be ready for this new, bold, and boundaried version of you. And it doesn't always mean that it's coming from a dark place. Sometimes it's simply habit and what the dynamic in the relationship has been up until this point. So again, there might be a little bit of room for grace, but that is why the enforcement piece, which is this the next third and final step, we decided, we talked about that last week, delivery, we just got done discussing that today, final piece is enforcement. How am I going to enforce the boundary? This is another one where I want you to write out your statement of enforcement. And I know that sounds super like legal and intense. It doesn't have to be. But what are the things you're going to say when that person breaches the boundary? When they push the push the lines a little bit or maybe they tease you after you've asked specifically to not be teased about maybe not being married, let's say. Maybe your family loves to razz you about not being married, which is fucking dumb. But let's say you've asked them multiple times to please not give you shit about that or to bring that up and they do it again. So your enforcement statement might sound something like, I know that we've addressed this before. It may have seemed like a joke to you. It's not to me. And I want to ask you again, please do not say those sorts of comments to me about being single. I find it highly offensive. And when you make a joke out of it, it feels like you are dismissing me entirely. Okay, so you want to be ready. Like, what is that statement? Once again, I have asked you repeatedly to please not blah, 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 blah. I'm asking you again. And then sometimes if it's lighter, you can say, hey, listen, I know we had that conversation about such and such last week. And maybe I didn't express just how serious that is to me, but I just want to request again. You know, you're saying it again, whatever the request is. I'd really appreciate it if you did not discuss anything of a religious nature with my children. Please don't take them to church. Please don't share Bible stories. Please don't have any conversations with them about really any religious deity. That's something that we would like to keep private for our immediate family. Thank you for respecting that. So being ready that you're going to need to enforce. And again, that might be something that you have to repeat a number of times before you actually decide on the consequence. So the enforcement statement can then start to change into something like this. I have asked you multiple times to not discuss anything related to religion or your, your faith traditions with the children. And over and over again, you have shown me that you're not willing to respect that boundary. You don't have to agree with where we come from, but you do need to respect it. And if it happens, again, the children will no longer be coming over without us present. And again, you are more than allowed to be upset with us about that choice. 
but it's not something that we're willing to bend on. If it's, you know, asking somebody to move out, I have asked you repeatedly to move out. I have changed the move out dates three times. The final date will be March 15th. At that point, if you don't have arrangements, we will be contacting the cops. We will be contacting the authorities, the landlords, movers, whoever. But you you express what that's going to be and then you actually have to do it, y'all. You have to do it. Otherwise, your boundary means nothing. It means nothing. So you have to be ready to really follow through. And this is probably the hardest part. It's it's interesting because I think many of us get really worked up and get so excited and proud of ourselves when we deliver the boundary to begin with because that's fucking hard. If you're not used to having a difficult conversation with somebody and candidly and vulnerably asking for what you need and want, oh my gosh, it's like I'd rather pull my teeth out. But you do it and you're fucking proud of yourself and then you think you're done. Like, all right all done. (laughs) And then they breach the boundary and you actually have to enforce it. So just knowing that that's likely going to be coming down the bend can be really helpful. That's why you want to make sure that you have an enforcement statement ready ahead of time. And sometimes with that, it's a do-over for me. Like I don't realize that until they've breached the boundary. And then I didn't say anything in the moment because I was so startled that they actually did that, you can circle back. You can circle back and say, hey, earlier you made a comment about fill in the blank or last week you made a comment about and it gave me the impression that you didn't think I was serious about the conversation we had had about religion or you know things that are offensive or my dietary concerns or moving out of that, whatever it is. And I just wanted to make it really clear that it, that is something that's still really important to me. And then state the request again. So what I'm asking for again is that you fill in the blank with something very specific. All right. So there you have it. A deep dive into the second two pieces of delivering and enforcing. couple quick notes on this just to go back and highlight a couple of these pieces. Under the delivery You're going to write things down and rehearse ahead of time, in the mirror preferably. You are going to ask for what you need during the actual conversation, which is usually just, I need you to hear me out or I need you to let me finish. Just let me get through what I have written down. And that, so right, we're establishing that specific request first. We're going to softly start up. We're going to use gratitude or we're going to own our own shit. We are going to deliver the specific request or boundary addressing what it is that you need to address. Being as specific as possible, sometimes using analogies or metaphors that that might be easier for them to understand. That works really brilliantly with children, by the way. With interruptions, you're not going to take the bait and you're going to keep coming back to what you want to talk about. You're not going to dismiss them. You're going to say, hey, I am happy to discuss that and and I definitely think there's that's understandable that you feel that way. Please let me finish and then we'll we'll dig into that. You are also going to stay calm. You're going to watch the rhythm of your voice. You're going to pay attention to the nonverbal 
and paraverbal skills, that's the inflection tone of voice, and stay in that calm place, breathing, talking slowly. And then internally, you're just going to have a decision about how many times am I willing to repeat this? And you're likely going to know that. Your body is going to be like, I'm so fucking done. I'm so fucking done saying this. I've given them so many chances. (laughs) But you have to know that you're not giving them chances if you're being passive aggressive, if you're screaming and yelling, if you are not being calm and just delivering it with specificity. And then going into the enforcement element, you're also going to rehearse what your enforcement statement is going to be. What am I going to do if and when that person doesn't respect what I've asked? Okay. And then you're actually going to deliver it. And then you are going to enforce the consequence if needed. If needed. And I really think that's kind of the last straw. That's the last ditch effort. Most of the time, we can have really thoughtful conversations and see each other in a different way, especially if there's a lot of love and trust and understanding. And that's really the last the last card to play. And, you know, I'll say something about that too. I do think that there's a way in which the personal development community has labeled everyone and everything toxic when what we're really saying is I haven't had the guts to really have a thoughtful conversation with that person and softly and vulnerably ask for what I need. And I'm talking about, again, in situations that are actually safe to do that. Most of the time, it's easier for us to ghost a friend than to say, hey, that really hurt my feelings when you said this. I would appreciate it if you didn't say that any any longer. And I'm sorry I never said anything to begin with. That's on me. You're not a mind reader. Most of the time, we would rather ghost than have a difficult conversation. That's not a toxic person. That friend is not a toxic person. You have not given them the opportunity to be what you need. If you do give them the opportunity and they continue that behavior over and over and over again, then now they've proven to you that they do not respect you, that they don't care about the things that you're needing in the relationship, and then it's appropriate to sever ties. But let's not go around labeling people toxic simply because you're too scared to address something that really deserves addressing because the relationship matters to you, okay? Now, that being said, there definitely are toxic individuals or, or folks who employ toxic behavior, I should say. That definitely does happen. But I think it's really important for us to all examine, have I shown up in a way where I am proud of the person that I've been in this relationship? Have I expressed the things that I need? Have I been calm and kind and graceful in those requests? That's all on you. If it would be a fucking shock and surprise to them how you feel, that's on you, my friend. Okay, so I'm hoping this has been really helpful. We're going to have a guest expert who is all about boundaries for kind people. My dear friend Randy Buckley will be on the show next week. And we have a lot of really similar perspectives on boundaries. And I think it'll be awesome for y'all to hear from somebody else talking about this stuff who who really is quite the genius. And please come over to Instagram where I hang out the most at Hey, Amy Greensmith is my handle. I would love to hear from you. What are some of your biggest takeaways? 
any questions you might have, things that really landed, any big ahas. And as always, please make sure that you're actually utilizing this information, that you're not just going, oh yeah, that's a that's a great idea. And then just continuing back with the same bullshit patterns that are keeping you stuck. You can create new dynamics in your relationship. You can speak up for yourself without being a dick. You can handle yourself with grace and kindness around really tough conversations and you fucking deserve it. All right. So I will see you around these parts next week. And until then, please remember that you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold faced truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.